enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Monica and I will be guest hosting tonight as we discuss Star Wars The Bad Batch. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeky people from the Temple of Geek team. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. Today, we're going to be talking about the Star Wars The Bad Batch trailer. Star Wars The Bad Batch follows the elite and experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in The Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of The Clone Wars. Members of The Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill that makes them an extraordinarily effective soldier and a formidable crew. The Star Wars The Bad Batch is executive produced by Dave Filoni, and it has a series of um, Star Wars alumni as part of their executive team, Athena Portillo, Bad Rao, and Jennifer Kober, as well as Carrie Beck, all from either the Star Wars Resistance, Mandalorian, or from Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, with me today is special guest, Kristen Chavez. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. Monica, thank you for having me. Having me back. Um, I think this hey. is my... Uh, I, I've been on here a couple of times. Like and I'm four very excited times, to be maybe. here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am a full-time fangirl, I think, is what I am. And I'm so glad to be um, part of the Temple of Geek team. It's just been writing articles for the website most recently. I am just a big Star Wars fan. I'm ready to talk about uh, any and all things Star Wars, especially with all these new things coming out. So yeah, I keep coming out. I, it's a good time to be a geek right now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so Star Wars The Bad Badge, they just dropped their trailer this week. What did you think of the trailer? Well, I will fully admit, I did not realize that there was a new trailer right away. Um, I think I saw like some new art and I was like, oh, that's cool. And, you know, it's traveling. And I, I, wasn't, I didn't realize that there was a trailer until like yesterday. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So I was like, oh, there's a new trailer. So, um, yeah, I'm quite intrigued. And it, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if it's just because of COVID time, time has its own rules, but I'm like, oh, wait, now, you know, we're getting into April. May the 4th is not that far from here now. And I'm like, this, this, this is coming up. So, yeah. It, but yeah, when I watched the, the trailer, it was quite intrigued. Like, once I finally did it, <laughs> once I finally watched it, I, I am... I am excited. I am curious where they're going to go through the course of this the the series. And uh, I was one of my favorite things that I saw was um, seeing Fennec Shand, who we first met in The Mandalorian, and of course voiced by um, Ming Na Wen. I was like most excited to see more than just like a teaser image of her. I was like, she speaks. We get to see more from her. So uh, yeah, that was like one of my very first impressions. The first time I saw it, I have seen it a couple times since, just to. Um, revel in more Clone Wars content. 
Yeah, but absolutely. And so a couple of things about what you just said. May the 4th is right around the corner. And I just think that it's really cool that I know May the 4th was like a fan thing that fans came up with. And, you know, they just were like, oh, this day sounds like May the 4th be with you. So it's going to be like May the 4th, right? And mm -hmm. it was a fan day, but Star Wars really picked it up and kind of like honed in on that fan like love and said hey this is kind of like our day too because it wasn't an official star wars day until recently yeah i think that's a great point because i feel like i've i've, I've noticed that for um a couple of other things too i think like one thing that comes to mind is like dapper day also with disney you know i think that it was like an and still probably is an unofficial um event that's kind of organized just by like disney fans and they go and they get dressed up for disney world and, and disneyland um, but I think I've seen more like merch from Disney that's tied to that. Like they'll have bow ties, you know, bow tie pins and things like that. And I think they really help encourage that. Cause they're like, yeah, if this is a thing that fans want, we want to capitalize on that. Like they're a business. That's what they want to do. Um, and help build that loyalty. That's right. They have. And so I don't I, know. I'm not surprised with the May the 4th. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if Dapper Day has, um, you know, if it's the same in California as it is in Florida, but they do have like a Dapper Day Expo at the Disneyland Hotel that they do mm -hmm. for it now too, which is really cool. And, you know, I'm sure that even Disneyland now that it's home to Star Wars, uh, especially mm -hmm. like Galaxy's Edge and stuff like that, that yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that, you know, they'll be embracing it as the parks start to reopen. And oh, then the sure. other thing that uh, I want to talk about was that surprise appearance that you mentioned i'm really excited about um seeing more of her in like you said it was she was introduced in um the mandalorian and now she'll be part of like the book of boba and we also get her in the bad batch i feel like that's pretty amazing just give me a whole movie whole series with her like ming Wen can do anything she wants just give her just give her some care, you know, give her a team and a crew and she can make whatever she wants, in my opinion, put her in anything. I'm really excited about that. And I'm curious to see how she fits in. I mean, obviously, yeah. um, they, you know, they're saying that this is going to happen. It's directly after the aftermath from the Clone Wars. So as far as timelines go, where does um, the Mandalorian fit in? Yeah, it, oh. I, I am. Oh, go on. Oh, no, I'm just worried. I, I'm just worried. I'm just wondering, you know, if the Mandalorian is going to be something that is, you know, set, you know, back to back after the Clone Wars, you know, because in the Clone Wars, Boba Fett is a, a young boy. Mm -hmm. And so the Mandalorian seems like it's further down the line. Yeah, I am. I think the one thing when we first learned about the Bad Batch, what really got me more interested in the concept um, is the fact that it takes place after Order 66. Like, I love Clone Wars, um, but I didn't want this to just be like Clone Wars again, just with the Bad Batch doing their thing throughout the war. And I think we will get like hints of that. I think we'll see some flashbacks because we do see Tarkin working with them. So that doesn't seem to be right after Order 66, right? Right. Um, but I, I'm really intrigued by one, I, I think 
what does this elite crew do after the war? You know, and I think like you, you've learned from Rex and Rebels that, you know, all the other clones were decommissioned. Like they have all of that. I am more intrigued by like, have, you know, we had like a war movie for Rogue One. So what I'm hoping for like post Order 66 stuff is like, what is that aftermath of coming home from war or coming home from like having the weight of, you know, fighting that war, not feeling worthy anymore. Um, you know, the empire, the new empire doesn't care about you. Um, dealing with guilt possibly about, you know, losing control and killing Jedi. And we don't necessarily see that with the Bad Batch, but I like that, that concept of that timeline. Um, and then speaking of Mandalorian, I mean, of course, l like you said, we've met um, Fennec Shan before, and she did hint to in the Mandalorian about being wanted by the ISB. I mean, she does, you know, she's kind of up to no good when we meet her in the Mandalorian the first time, right? So you can imagine she's done some stuff in her past. I am curious what this means in the Bad Batch. It doesn't necessarily mean that I need like everything answered, every little bit that's teased in any movie or series. I don't always need those things answered. Um, but I am curious if, if this, if Bad Batch and what, sh how she's involved here might inform um, either that little tidbit where she's like, I'm wanted by the ISB or if it just, I imagine it will still just inform the character of who she is, where she's coming from, um, what kind of led her from, you know, in Mandalorian season one, you know, she's very much kind of like out for her own, but then being kind of sworn, swearing her loyalty to Boba Fett. Is it just because he saved her life or is it kind of something deeper that maybe has informed her character? I'd be curious, I'm curious to learn more about her. Like, yeah that was a uh, long-winded no that. that was great and you made some really good points like um you know one i really need to know more about her but like you said i don't have to have every single detail it's nice mm -hmm. to kind of pick up these little things until she gets her own show which i hope exactly. gonna happen. <laughs> but um you know it's nice to have all these little tidbits i think she was a really good character in the mandalorian and i'm excited to see more of her and then back to the bad batch so you know we were talking about you mentioned how they were working for tarkin and that doesn't seem you know i think that what we're going to see is at first um i think what we're going to see is maybe you know this is their the crew that they ride with right the empire they think mm -hmm. they're doing the right thing and so it'll be interesting to see like which one of the bad batches agree with the empire and which one of them don't because they've been kind of fighting on the side of the empire for a long time and they never really questioned it before they were just doing their job even though they have the ability to kind of like be more than just a clone right they have the mm -hmm. ability to like they're they're genetically different but if you've been raised this way your whole life and you just this is all you know I wonder if it's going to be kind of like a personal struggle or if it's we're not going to see till the end that they like switch sides or will they switch sides? Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And one thing that when you first started talking, I was like, oh, what if this sows division between them? Like, you know, we assume that they're a, um, you know, they're the ride or die for each other. You know, they're a squad of themselves. Like, is this going to... Um, 
it, you know, it's, it's a lot of things, like you said, like in having to kind of wrestle with that personally. I imagine that they would, because it seems like they're going to be hunted down. So I think they might realize pretty quickly, like, yep, yeah, this is not, <laughs> they don't care about us now. But I wonder if, yeah, like, I would be curious for those, like, personal discussions and between the between each other and just asking, you know, have we done everything wrong in the past? And, you know, if they're chasing after us, why are we suddenly, you know, were we always doing the wrong thing? Um, right. You know, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see with, like, Echo, who, of course, wasn't originally with that crew to begin oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So he might have a way that he's in you know he he might be thinking differently and I think like I was really intrigued to see Saw in there younger Saw again so I'm like I'm sure he's gonna be the one really pushing them to really question their past you know their complicity in the past you know um whether it was the Republic when did when the Republic turned to the Empire and having to like grapple with that Right. And I think one thing that I really like is the idea that um, how these universes all come together. So now we have all these different spin-off shows, right, that are, well, I guess Rogue One isn't a spin-off show, it's a movie. But we have yeah. all these different spin-off types that are kind of like going to come together in this in these TV series. And I really love how they're, you know, keeping all of that. Like, they're keeping like that world going and I love the world building in Star Wars right now I think it's really exciting yeah it's very rich it's very deep um and I think that's one thing that I like about it and it, I, I think there is some like criticism in terms of do you need to know everything you know do you have to consume every form of media in order to get everything I'm like no I think they'll pretty do a fairly good job in standing alone um and standing on their own but for me, it's just like a deeper and richer experience to be like, oh, I'm going to be watching The Bad Batch because all these other people in connect are connected to it, you know, even if it's not like the one I'm most excited for, you know, in terms of other movies, shows, et cetera. Um, right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, a, it's funny that you mentioned that. So my brother, who is a huge Star Wars fan, but I think he was getting kind of like the burnout from the movies he wasn't really excited about the star wars movies anymore by the end of you know when we get to the rise of skywalker so when he saw the mandalorian he was blown away he was like wow this show is amazing this is really great you know i'm so excited and i was like do you understand like some of the references from season two because it's a lot of things that came from clone wars and he was like, yeah, he's like, I, I knew what was going on. He's like, I don't, I didn't know who these characters were initially, but he's like, I still understand them. And so I think that they've done a really good job of making these characters um, important in their own standalone way. Even, like you said, you don't need to have watched all of Star Wars history to like know what's going on in these shows. At least that's the way that it felt on The Mandalorian. And mm -hmm you know, I think, like you said, you don't have to watch everything, but for those of, of you who have watched everything, when you see them pop up in other shows, it's like this kind of like nice nod and appreciation for like the extended universe as a whole. Yeah, it's that, it's that picture of, um, 
uh, that meme reaction of Leonardo DiCaprio, like sitting forward and pointing, like that's me all the time when I'm <laughs> and I don't realize that I expected it. I'm like, you're in this? What? Exactly. <laughs> like the ending of uh, season two of Mandalorian. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, I think even like the Bad Batch trailer had a lot of that because, you yeah. know, you see Tarkin, you see Saul Guerrero, you see... Um, you know, Fennec, and I just think that, like, all these things are cool. Like, yeah. all of that is like, wow, okay, this is going to be good. This is exciting. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Is there anything in particular that you really want to see more than anything, in it? like, once we start watching The Bad Batch? Um, I feel like my answer has changed, like, uh, watching the second trailer, and, like, it does, it keeps shifting, of course. Um, I am, I am very intrigued with Saw, um, and Saw's involvement. Like I mentioned, like, is he going to, like, raise some questions for the Bad Batch? Um, and also it's, like, a big turning point for him. We do know, like, from Rogue One and Rebels, um, and other, um, other content that he's, you know, he's leading the Partisans, you know, like, an early rebellion, and then that kind of splits off and everything. So I'm curious to see how where that's going to go. Is he going to be trying to recruit them? Um, that that was my first impression. Like, how is that? Like, you know, we're I, I imagine we'll start to see, however, you know, quickly this takes place after Order sixty six or not. It, um, where are we going to start getting the first hints of the rebellion that we know? You know. Um, and then I am also intrigued by, I, I believe they're named Omega in the trailer, who we hadn't seen in previous teaser trailers, I believe. Um, but the young kid that we meet, that the Bad Batch meets in Camino. And um, I love a found family story. They're already a found family in the Bad Batch. You know, they're, they're all brothers in, you know, on multiple layers, not just from clones, but like in this very cohesive unit. And I'm like, they're basically adopting a kid. I'm like, yes, sign me up. This is the Star Wars that I love. Right. Found families for the win. I love that too. And also when you like are picking up an extra person, it kind of almost like a kid, for example, it gives you like a sort of moral compass and a reason to mm -hmm. be and a, a thing to, to hope for and strive for because there's a lot of potential when you're like, you know, the universe around you that, you know, has fallen apart and everything destabilizes. It's very easy to be like, you know what, I'm in it for me and only me, or, you know, I can't trust anybody. I'm on my own. But like you said, this found family and like, you know, like you said, maybe possibly adopting this like other kid and caring for others uh, goes a long way to keeping you on the right path. Mm -hmm. It's that human element. And it seems like, like that they're just as eager as a kid, you know, just like, yeah, let me help you. And, and I think having that, uh, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see where that bond goes, you know. Absolutely. Um, is there any concerns you have about the show or anything like that as, you know, that we start getting into like, the Star Wars universe is expanding and the things that they do. Is there anything that you are worried about? I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that I'm worried about, but again, this isn't, um, 
this isn't like the show that I was like waiting for or dying for. I think when we first met the Bad Batch, um, one from those storyboard reels, you know, the unfinished episodes, um, I thought they were cool. And then when the season seven came out and we had like the full arc with the Bad Batch, I was like, oh yeah, these are cool. But they weren't necessarily my favorite episodes. It wasn't something where I wanted to like jump in and know absolutely everything about them. Um, So I guess kind of fairly indifferent at first. And so it's not that, again, this isn't necessarily, it sounds like I'm disparaging it and I'm not, but it's, um, I, I am intrigued by it. I don't know if it'll be my favorite show. Um, Rebels hooked my heart a long time ago, and I don't know if I can let that one go. Um, and that's okay. I don't think that's a problem. You know, I'm going to watch the show, and I might, like, fall in love with it immediately. I might just, like, check it out and see what happens. I, th- I was like that with The Mandalorian. I watched the first episode. I was like, I don't, don't really care much about Mandalorians. You know, let me... Let me check it out and watch it. And I really started, I loved it, you know, and it really hooked me in. It was the, the characters and the story that were engaging. Um, and so it's one of those things like with new Star Wars shows and less so the movies. I think the movies really like that's a larger social bonding experience that you have with like more casual fans too. Um, but when it comes to shows where I think it gets a little bit more like, super fan, you know, gets a little bit deeper with the fans. Um, I check it out. And if it's not my thing, that's okay. I'm not like, I won't force myself to watch something. I'm not going to, um, you know, like I said, you don't have to necessarily consume every piece. I think Marvel is a good example of that. Like I went in um, watching WandaVision because I thought, I was like, oh, okay, this would be cool. But, you know, Wanda and Vision are not my favorite characters, but I'm curious about where they're going with this whole TV show thing. And I loved it. You know, I thought it was a great show. And so I think it's, for me, it's as a fan, as a big Star Wars fan, just going into everything with an open mind and being like, okay, if you don't like it though, like you don't have to force yourself to to keep watching it. You can step away. It's not the end of the world. You know, if you're like, oh, I just can't watch this. Like I've read some of the Star Wars comics, but I can't necessarily keep up with everything and that's okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know if, like, I guess my worry would be if it's not necessarily everything that I'm hoping for, but again, I don't, I don't necessarily have any specific hope. Um, I think it's just me being like, not necessarily falling in love with it, but walking away, but that's okay. And realizing that it's something that, someone else might really enjoy and I'm not going to stop them from liking it but uh yeah again long-winded <laughs> no no that was great and you hit a lot of like the points that I wanted to hit or how it you hit a lot of things that you know kind of mirror what I was thinking as well is that you know like you said with WandaVision and and it's kind of something with this with these Disney Plus shows in general, is that I'm not too sure about anything. Um, I watched The Clone Wars. I had watched The Clone Wars as my son was growing up because that was like his show and the thing that he liked. So I kind of would pop in and I had seen a bunch of episodes, but I hadn't seen the whole storyline play out until season seven. 
I hit Disney Plus, and then I went back and did my rewatch and, you know, enjoyed season seven. But, uh, like, I, it wasn't something that I was like, okay, like, I'm super excited about this. But once I watched it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really great. And it's the same with WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I kind of wasn't hyped for it. I didn't think it was going to be, like, the best. But they were really great. And as we're going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm really enjoying what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. And there's something about these extended universes that are really appealing to me. So I'm excited for the Bad Batch. I don't have a lot of worries because if it's not for me, it's not for me. Um, but e I think that even now, you know, before in Star Wars, there was a lot of gatekeeping and possibly there's still a lot of gatekeeping now. But I think at this point, the, expen the expanded universes are so huge. For example, you mentioned the comics. We have the spinoff shows. We have the movies. There's books and audio series and so much happening in the Star Wars universe that you can't really gatekeep it at this point anymore. There's no way to be like, oh, well, you're not a real fan or, oh, you know, you don't know about this, this or that. I'm like, there's no way somebody can possibly know everything yeah. at this point because there's just so much content out there. Before, I, I could wrap my head around the way people would become or I could wrap my head around gatekeeping tendencies, right? Because you only got some kind of like geeky content every couple years and then you had to like have that one thing whether it was a movie or you know a show or just whatever piece of media that you had you only had it for a little while or you only had that one thing for a while and you'd rewatch it you'd analyze it over and over and you kind of sit with that one piece and live with it. So there's a lot of room for overthinking. There's a lot of room for being protective of it. There's a mm -hmm. lot of room for just kind of like, you know, really like loving it and not wanting anybody to disparage this one thing that you love, right? Because it's all you had at this point. But right now the universe is so grand in these like, you know, Star Wars and even in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and things like that that you can't really gatekeep it anymore. Like it's, there's so much for everybody. And if this one particular thing isn't for you, it isn't for you, no big deal. And if it is for you, then like, cool, you know? But um, I think that that's one of the things that I love about these expanded universes is that there is something for everybody. I, I completely agree. I think like, gate, I'm sure gatekeeping is still an issue and I'm sure we'll still, be fighting that but I think it is still like a minority of fans you know it is and I think it's by these franchises building these expanded universe they're like actively fighting that and being like no it's for everybody like this, the, the universe is big enough for all fans of all levels you know don't tell my father who obviously star saw star wars well before I was born don't tell him he's not a real Star Wars fan because he hasn't watched, you know, played the video games, read the novels or the graphic novels. Like, no, he, he's still an OG Darth Vader fan. Don't tell him otherwise. Um, he's just added Ahsoka to his um, number one favorite characters list. Nice! <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, I mean, luckily I haven't really encountered much of that gatekeeping because I think I just do my best to 
steer away from those kinds of things. Um, and I know for most people that, you know, for some people that's not necessarily possible. Um, you know, they might try to find you anyway. But yeah, um, absolutely. yeah, it's just the point of these expanded universes is to like tell a wider story. And by having it in all these different types of media, like, you know, it helps it be a little bit more accessible to people. You know, you have the books that folks can check out from libraries. You know, you don't necessarily, there is of course the issue of some of these shows being locked to Disney Plus, you know, of course, like they are exclusive. Um, but yeah, well, I guess that, I was like, well, I guess maybe that counts against it being necessarily accessible. One, you don't necessarily need um, a cable subscription. You could potentially just pay for one month of Disney Plus and binge it all when it's finished. Um, so it may not be the most easily accessible thing um, financially for some folks, but. Um, Disney is so smart though. Like, let me tell you. I was going to say it's Disney. It's a business. They're going to be like, yep. I literally signed up for Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. They did a great job <laughs> launching with that. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to pay the one month, right? And my yeah. partner was like, no, we're going to get that three year, the the year bundle or whatever, right? Get the yeah. year for a discounted price. He goes, because there's going to be something else you're going to want to watch. And oh my goodness, I'm so glad we never got rid of that Disney Plus because like... <laughs> Especially like this year on Disney Plus, yeah. we will get a new Marvel something every single week. Crazy in twenty twenty one, like they know exactly how to hook you. You can't cancel, or you're not going to watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You can't cancel, or you're not going to get Loki and Miss Marvel or this. And it's the yeah. same thing with Star Wars. Like you know, it's like back to back content, and now we get the news of Kenobi being casted and coming. Oh out. my god. <laughs> You know, I know this is a bad batch, but give me your thoughts. Okay? I, know, I was going to say, but still. <laughs> give me your Kenobi thoughts. Uh, when when you McGregor. saw the That's cast. My only, <laughs> my only thought is Ian McGregor. Just hard eyes emojis all around. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very intrigued. I'm very excited about uh, Obi-Wan. I yeah. am curious where they, again, like where they're going to go with that. Um you know the question of where where is it in the timeline um how is darth vader involved um, I, know. I think like mike chen an author that we both um follow and like he said something about like um he would like to see you know hayden's involvement as like ptsd like flashbacks or something and maybe that's why we have vader and and obi-wan kind of involved um that I really love that idea, so I really hope that's what they go with. Um, but yeah, I am, and then Aunt uh, Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen are there, so well, I'm sure it's yeah. gonna break my heart in multiple ways, um, as Star Wars does. As Star Wars does, right? I'm I'm very excited about this too, especially with Hayden Christensen. I feel like he was always like this really great actor, and I don't know if you feel this way about the prequels or not. I I have a feeling that you know issues with the prequels and things like that usually is generational. For example, um, I'm 40, and my brothers are in their 20s, so I was a teenager in my 20s taking them to see the prequels mm. in theaters. 
and they loved the prequels. They just loved the prequels. It was like everything to them. Whereas for me, I saw it as an adult, and I was like, what is going on with this acting? Like, this is kind of the story. Like, I love the story, but I just thought, like, the directing and the acting was, like, a little bit awkward, especially compared to, like, the original films. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't really appreciate the prequels until Clone Wars. And then suddenly the prequels were something else to me. I was like, oh, this is so amazing because like, these two worlds tied in. And for me, I felt like Clone Wars and Rebels, like they kind of like redeemed the prequels for me. Like I know that some people like live and die by the prequels and that's fine. Um, but I had seen it as an adult and I didn't really feel that way. I was just like, this is kind of weird. And like, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I digress. Like, I'm very excited about having Hayden Christensen back now with the directing that we are going to have and just kind of like the uh, producers on this show. I feel like this is going to be really great. And yes, I cannot wait to see if it's like a flashback or if it's like Vader. Where does this fit in? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I'm really excited about is Indira Varma. I loved her in Game yeah. of Thrones, and I just, like, died for her in Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, she, I thought she was amazing. Like, that actress is just phenomenal. So that is one of the things that I am most excited about, about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Obviously, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, but just, you know, this cast just is looking amazing. Yeah, which, I mean, because of course they just announced the cast, they didn't really give us any indication of who the characters are, you know, we were just able to figure out like, oh, looks like Beru and Lars are coming back, you know, we know who they are, but it's this whole, you know, which we will be speculating about until we get either more information or the first episode. Um, but yeah, it's like a lot of those people, I'm like, oh, these are familiar faces. <laughs> I have seen yeah. them before. And um, oh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is famously known for being uh, Ice Cube's son and playing him in the movie Straight Outta Compton. He was really great in that. So it's going to be amazing to see him in, um, yeah. in uh the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. He's definitely making a name for himself because he was also in uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters and, and other things. So I'm excited to see where his career is going. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily familiar with all of the work of the, the people in the cast, but um, I was just also just excited to see that there's some diversity. You know, it's not all white people. Um, <laughs> You know, which I think is like a step, you know, again, it's not perfect, but I'm glad that like we're finally making some step forward, you know, and I don't want necessarily the people of color to be playing, you know, um, aliens again, you know, where they're fully made up. And I was like, I still want to see like humans of color in in Star Wars. So I'm hoping that we'll, I, I think we're starting to get more of that. Again, it's not where it necessarily should be, but, um, you know, we're starting to make the steps in the right direction. Absolutely. And I love the diversity and the casting in this. And I hope, like you said, they're not aliens all made up in color. And I think that's one of the things that makes me love a different sci-fi show, uh, The Expanse. There is a diversity on that show that is so natural and familiar. And it doesn't feel like it was cast by somebody who's just trying to throw in some diverse things to hit Mm -hmm. some quota. It 
feels real and natural and almost beautiful in the way when you see this like cast of like it's so beautifully diverse and so naturally diverse like it just makes sense you know Mm -hmm. and after watching that show and I just can really tell when other things are not diverse yeah because it's just like it just stands out so bad I'm like this show feels real all these other shows feel like they're just trying to hit some quota on diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Or worse, just getting like the tokenism, you know, and that's just as bad, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, the diversity on the show looks beautiful. I hope that, you know, it's well done. I, I kind of think it will be, I feel like the Mandalorian was pretty (laughs) well diverse. So yeah, I trust it too. So I'm excited for that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, like you said, like we've had, um, we'll be getting Marvel, something new Marvel every week this year. And I feel like with Star Wars, yes, we're going into a lull of how many, you know, a new movie, you know, I think that was, I, I don't know when the next movie is slated. I'm not even sure which one. I know like some people have been tapped, but we don't know what, um, the extent of the project is like like Patty Jenkins one for instance. I don't know if they announced is that a movie or is it a series, but at the very least we know that oh squadrons like a- of film. Okay, yeah, um, but like you know we have this whole host of um, new series and things coming out that there's gonna it's still gonna keep us going for a little while even if we're not necessarily gonna have like a new episode of something for a while. But we know we'll have the Bad Batch for a few weeks. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a continuing season sort of thing or not. I know Obi-Wan Kenobi sounds like that'll be like a standalone miniseries. Um, Bad Batch, I don't know if there's like a plan for how long. I'm, and I'm sure like, you know, syndication rules are all different when things are um, streaming. You know, the whole five season plan doesn't necessarily, you know, hit 100 episodes that may not exist anymore in the streaming world. But um well, let me just kind of give you the rundown of what's coming to Disney yeah. Plus in the Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, you have a you okay. have a perfect list. Go for it. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot. Disney Plus is going to be bringing us in the next few years a standalone Ahsoka Tano show. Then we're going to get um, Rangers of the New Republic, which is set within the timeline of the Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to get Andor, which is a trilogy to Rogue One. Uh, with my boy Diego Luna. Yes, that's Uh, the one I'm like, I was probably the most excited about. (laughs) Right, me too. And then obviously we get Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Bad Batch, but we also get Star Wars Vision, which is Mm -hmm. a a creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. It's a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars, you know, different characters. And it's going to be, it's from some of like the best anime creators. Which I didn't know that I needed, but once I learned about that on, like, that Investor's Day, I was like, I I want this, and I want this now. Yes. And then, speaking of, you know, the diversity that we want to see, Lando is, uh, we're going to get a standalone Lando show. And this one is created by the critically acclaimed director of Dear White People, Justin Simeon. So, yeah. I feel like this is going to be really good. And then we are also going to get the Acolyte. And that one is um, from the people that made Russian Doll. 
and it's a mystery thriller that'll take viewers into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers. And then we also have for like, uh, this is more of a, I, I'm pretty sure this is kind of a, like a, for kids, it's called a droid story. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, an animated uh, feature that's going to be coming out. And it's yeah. supposed to be kind of like about R2-D2 and C-3PO. I love it. So we have a lot. And then as far as Star Wars movies, we have an unnamed project by uh, Taika Watiti. And that's going to be coming out. It's a film. And it's just, as of now, unnamed. And then we have Rogue Squadron, which is going to be supposedly hitting uh, us on Christmas 2023 by Patty Jenkins. Yeah. So they're keeping us busy. And not to mention, I'm sure, you know, because they've launched the High Republic, which is currently just yeah. novels and graphic novels, I think, right now. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, considering that they did a whole big launch. I'm like, I'm sure we'll see some uh, visual format in some way. You know, I'm sure we're going to see, like, either a show at some point or a, or a movie. I can see that as kind of like, let's ease them in into this High Republic, because I would be very curious about how that would look, too. Um, this is going to be a good time for us yeah. as geeks. Yeah. So good. Both on the Marvel side, because I can go on and on about the Marvel side too. But I just, you know what? Like, I'm just really grateful for Disney Plus right now. Like, I'm just so excited. And I'm excited for the new Star Wars films and everything. And especially, like, The Bad Batch now. And I don't think I would have been excited about it before. But having watched the last season, I feel like it was something I didn't know that I wanted until mm -hmm. I heard it was happening. Yeah. And, and I, I love like, D-Battery Bait. Bradley Baker so when it oh just stars God, him I'm like true. yes <laughs> get me more that man is doing a lot of work let me tell you a I lot. know voicing all of those characters is going to and be giving them their own like kind of distinct sound right? personality inflection you know it's, he's phenomenal how does he keep it straight like the man is a professional yeah he's he's a genius <laughs> For sure. Okay, so any last thoughts before we sign off? Uh, just uh, how, how, when is May the 4th getting here? <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> the lead yeah, I'm excited to see like what, where it's going to go. Give it that first watch. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have some kind of fun announcement for us or trailer or something that they'll drop, so I'll keep, a, I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> I just know, and I, I've learned my lesson a bit with Mandalorian and, and WandaVision that um, you know, if I want to avoid being spoiled by Twitter <laughs> first thing in the morning, I need to get up early before work and watch it because I'm on the East Coast, so I can't, I can't stay up till 3 a.m. I just no, I yeah. but I will wake up an extra half hour before work. <laughs> yeah, my Thursday nights have been all about, you know, kind of staying up till midnight to watch whatever show is dropping. <laughs> Yeah, I think like being a fan would be a lot less stressful in that sense if I didn't have the social media potentially spoil, spoiling me at every turn. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could wait for something um, without fear. But also, I'm like, I also want to talk to people about it. I want to be able to text you afterwards and be like, Monica, did you watch that? 
I think there, you finished it. I think there's a couple things because I tend to watch them right at midnight and stuff. There's a couple times I'm like, you better watch it right now, girl, because it's going to get spoiled for you. <laughs> and I thank you for when you had to do that for me for Mandalorian. Like, I didn't get up early that day and she was, and you were like, um, stay away from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything. It's, it's all over. Do not look it up. And thank you for that. Bless you for that. And you know, very hard as a social media manager for work. I'm like, oh dear, I got to make sure that like, I really hope like the the professors and the researchers and the departments that we follow aren't going to make some random Star Wars meme today and spoil for me for work. And that's <laughs> I can't have that. That's the thing for me too, which is why I'm staying up till midnight because you know I have to make sure that something doesn't get spoiled for me. And you know, usually you know, on the Temple Peak podcast, we have enough access that we can watch episodes in advance with the rest of, like, kind of, like, other mm-hmm. journalists and things like that. But Disney and Marvel have been really good about keeping spoilers under wrap. So mm-hmm. they have only given us, like, the first episode of a series. Mm. Where usually, like, with other shows, we will get, like, full episodes before the series launches or, you know, a couple days before the episode launches, you know, depending on, on the network or the TV show. Mm-hmm. But with Disney and Marvel, they haven't done that. Yeah. And they're really trying to keep, like, a tight lid on spoilers. But once the episode's out, even, like... It's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all. And even those social media accounts start posting. So, uh, yeah. you know, the Disney and the Marvel social media accounts will start posting spoilers. Yeah. So... <sighs> It's uh, mute words are your friend. (laughs) Yep. The only thing that's kind of a blessing is that, um, you know, if it's usually with these kind of streaming services, at least you can watch when you have the time to watch versus like if it's a TV show that's every week at eight o'clock. And then if you didn't watch it, you have to find some way to like, yeah, download it. Because I never had like DVR or anything like that. And, Nothing nothing takes a VCR anymore, so I can't tape it like the old days. Yeah. Some so apps streaming have, does help. Yeah. Some apps have like, oh, you can watch on our website or on our app, but that's like I don't need two thousand apps. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. that is one bonus to the streaming services. You can watch on demand. For sure. All right. Well, I think this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in and especially my guest, Kristen, for being here with us today. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook. Oh, you know what? I didn't ask you where people could find you. Damn it. Let me start that over. Oh, time. Um, I, blah, 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 blah. So this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today and especially our guest. Oh my God, what's going on with me? <laughs> Let me start this again. Okay. This is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today and especially our guest, Kristen. Kristen, can you please let everybody know where to find you on social media? Sure. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Kriavez, which is my name kind of smushed together, um, K-R-I-A-V-E-Z. And um, check out some of the things that I've done with Temple of Geek. Um, it's been really exciting being able to write and do This Week in Geek with you guys. So, yeah, be sure to check us out there. 
Excellent. And for everybody else who has been here with us today, tuning in, thank you so much. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle at Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templegeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.